0: I am delighted to be joined this morning by Wyndham's Director of Development, and that would be Matt Vertife and his son Enzo are here. They just got back from a trip to Spain. I love these travelogue kind of shows, but there's a background to this. Matt Enzo, good morning. Thanks for coming in for today. Matt, what was the genesis of your trip to Spain? Well,
1: uh, it was a trip that got organized by um, some local teachers who came from Spain over to here and uh, organized through the Spanish program. Um, it wasn't a school sponsored event but it was a private trip uh, with several families here in town. Um, it was fantastic to hook up with kids over there. Um, in June we actually had 10 students from Spain come over to here to, to, to Wyndham and we took them to Boston, we took them to New York, uh, we did a kayaking day out of Mansfield Hollow one day, uh, we took them to Mystic Seaport so they did a lot of local stuff and hung out with local kids and stayed with local families and got to fall in love with Um So it was our turn to go over there, and, of course, we picked the hottest month of the year over there, 108 degrees one day. It was 105 most days we were there. Um, no rain or anything like that. It was very dry. Uh, it was about 30% humidity the whole time. So it wasn't you know I- extremely dry as far as you know, humidity goes, so
0: it, it felt like 108, I'll tell you that. Enzo, is this a case of you had met these students when they came over here, the 10 kids, and you had made relationships with them, and now you get a chance to renew those relationships on their home turf?
2: Yes, and previously we had been talking to them over video conferences for a few months prior, since January.
0: So, Matt, how did you arrange the trip, and where did you stay when you were there?
1: Um... There was some local help with a couple of teachers over there um, who helped us find places. There's a fantastic spa right in Archena. Archena, Spain is where we were. Um, it's a town about the size of Willimantic. Uh, it's got a lot of similarities, actually.
0: I looked it up. 19,000 population. Yeah, it's
1: got a river that flows through it. Um, we stayed at this spa called the Balneario de Archena, and um, it, um, it's on this river, and it's built on a spa that was built by Romans... Um, When you go into the basement, there's actually Roman ruins. There's a Roman fountain down there that's got stalactites on it. It's been there so long. Um, So they do massages and all that kind of stuff, but they have a pool. They have three restaurants and three uh, hotels on the site on this campus. Um, But we got to experience Archenna, which was fantastic.
0: Archenna is in the northeastern part of Spain, well away from the coast. How do you get there? So we flew... Iceland Air
1: through Iceland uh, had a long layover there, um, and then from there we flew into Alicante, Spain, um, which is a little closer to Barcelona, um,
0: and then down drove, by the coast.
1: Yeah, down by the coast. Um, so we're we're about 45 minutes from the coast where we were in in the state of Murcia. Um, so it's kind of like the middle down down south, um, and and it's very much a desert climate. Um, Looks like the American West with large, jagged mountains sticking out of the ground that are, you know, between three and 5,000 feet tall. Um, we did some hiking in those, um, even in the heat. Um, everything they do that's outside seems to be either early in the morning or late at night. Um, so our hikes, you know, started at 9 p.m. and ended after dark, um, which was fantastic.
0: And so what's it like hiking in those
2: conditions? Uh, it was pretty hot, and I got pretty... Uh, Hydrated, uh, dehydrated. Uh, I thought it was a good idea to be running during those hikes, which it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> so the other, the other interesting
1: part about those hikes, you see my pictures on Facebook. The sunsets were incredible because of the sands, the lahar that comes out of the Sahara Desert that comes up over the top of Spain that was happening at that time. Um, so it looks a little hazy, and that's actually the sands from the Sahara.
0: Enzo habla español.
2: Si, sí. um, era aprendiendo español uh, de años. Matt, what did he cinco say? Años. Cinco <laughs> años.
1: <laughs> he said he's been speaking Spanish for about 10 years.
0: So, this was a nice little refresher course to go over there and hear people actually speaking it. Now, what about you, oh, Matt? He said five years. Since I was five.
1: Since he was five.
0: Oh, cinco años. So,
1: my Spanish isn't, <laughs> isn't as good, obviously. Poquito. Um, <laughs> But, it, you know, it's amazing. Uh, the Spanish there is spoken a little bit slower than the Spanish here that we're used to. so it's easier to understand for me. Um, and a lot of people speak some English there. Some people speak very English very well. Um, they're they're very much, um interested in the american culture when you're walking down the street it's amazing to me how many people walk by you with t-shirts that have some sort of an american logo you know culture whether it's the chicago bulls or some <laughs> university or some you know reference to music um so they're very much interested in that so a lot of people try to speak english
0: and so were you guys almost like celebrities when you were in town
2: uh it sure felt like that at one party we had a shout out as well and a lot of people wanted to talk to us so it felt like being a celebrity
0: how big a deal was this for you i don't know how much your family travels but to go overseas to go to a place like spain was that a new experience for you
2: yes this is our first trip as a family to another country
0: so matt go back to the heat you said 108 one day and i saw the forecast for today it's a cool 99 but How do you handle the heat? I mean, yeah, maybe it was a bad idea to go hiking in the heat, but do you do more evening events than you do midday events? So, um, you know, the morning
1: starts late there. Um, People get it, you know, get going 10 o'clock in the morning, and usually around 2 o'clock in the afternoon, um, everyone stops to have lunch, and it's a long lunch, and then they take a siesta. And then either go back to work in the afternoon or spend time with families. So they're having dinner starting at 10 p.m. Um, but in that in-between time, the hottest part of the day, people just hide. They uh, they literally pull the shutters closed and take a nap at that time of the day. Is so,
0: air conditioning prevalent?
1: You know, it, it's interesting. The, um you speak to the locals, they'll tell you that 20 years ago there wasn't a lot of air conditioning. And now it's being retrofitted into everything. The school that these kids uh went uh, they, that they go to didn't have air conditioning until the last couple years and they've just ref- retrofitted in the last two years just the second floor and they're working on uh doing the first floor now um i can't imagine going to school in there with that heat you know with no air conditioning but
0: it is becoming more and more enzo is the class valedictorian here Tell me about the exchange you had with students over there. Are they asking a lot of questions about what the USA is like? Some of them have been here, that group that was here, a group of 10, but were they trying to pick your brain on what our country is all about?
2: Yes. Uh, a lot of the friends of the students that came here asked me a lot of questions about how it is different living in the U.S. compared to Spain. And I I could see uh, a lot of similarities and differences through through the two countries. And me and the three other students that went there from the U.S. all stayed in houses uh, hosted by the families of the students that came here.
0: Let's talk chow. What were some of the typical meals, Matt, that you would have in Spain?
1: Uh, Food was incredible. Um, seafood at every meal. We had paella, uh, rabbit paella, and we had chicken paella. Um, there's a lot of... Um, mo- most dishes are like tapas, so you share dishes with, with other people. And most of our gatherings for meals were with the parents of all the other kids. So it was 15 or 18 of us sitting in a meal in a big you know, courtyard outside at a restaurant at 11 o'clock at night. Um, so there's a lot of small dishes... Um, Tuna fish. They, there's several dishes that, that have tuna fish in them. Um, it, the, the food was just all fresh and fantastic. The shrimp they had there was like melt in your mouth, good and sweeter than the shrimp we have here. I think it's also the way they cook it. They just they don't overcook
0: fish. Was the shrimp local? By that I mean the Eastern Atlantic or the Mediterranean?
1: I didn't ask where it came from, but it does come with the heads on, uh, which we're not used to here. So you get a. take that off. And so what was breakfast
0: like?
2: Um, A lot of the time we didn't have breakfast since we would wake up late Uh, but normally we would have toast or something small as breakfast and then later in the day have something bigger for uh, lunch and then some another big thing for dinner.
0: What about digital access? Everyone these days, teenagers included, rely on their phones and rely on Wi Fi, rely on the internet. What kind of internet digital access did they have over there?
2: Um, it was pretty similar to here. Uh with Wi Fi. Each house or the house that I stayed at at least had Wi Fi and it was not an issue. Uh Matt, did you plan this trip specifically so you could be part
0: of the boombox parade and then head overseas? <laughs> it was definitely a factor.
1: Um, my wife and I had like lengthy conversations about that because uh, the way the flights were, it was actually cheaper to go on the 4th on the fourth itself. Um, so we wound up leaving out of Boston at 11.30 at night on the 4th, and obviously everyone saw me at the boombox parade and we were there. Enzo ran the boombox mile in the morning, and then we got on the plane, you know, plane in the at night. So,
0: yeah, and just give a little shout out to the family and to the wife. You've uh, put on Facebook is pretty clear that she's a great traveling partner. Yeah,
1: she's uh, fantastic. We've been traveling together for about eighteen years, and um, love traveling with her.
0: Well, and I love the whole travel log that. Matt put on Facebook and then on Monday he said we are back home and we are excited for the past couple weeks Feel free to ask about the trip. We're happy to share I saw that and that's how this show came about on Monday or maybe it's Tuesday We booked Matt and Enzo to talk about the trip now. We haven't talked much about Iceland That's kind of like two sides of a triangle was the plan to go to Iceland did the plane route take you there? What was Iceland's factor in this? Uh,
1: Iceland Air has some um, reasonably priced flights that go to um, Boston and New York, but they also, from there, hit Spain and, and France and a bunch of places in that western part of Europe. Um, so the flight was just convenient. Um, they Iceland also makes it really easy for you on a layover to extend your layover so you can experience Iceland. So we had a layover on the way there. It was about eight hours. So we uh, decided, let's uh, get a cabin. Let's go see the Blue Lagoon. And we went to a Viking museum and got back to the airport and then went. Um, On the way back, it wasn't as easy for us to, to do some traveling. But on the way back, the volcano was erupting. And we flew over the volcano erupting, actually seeing... Lava coming out of the volcano was pretty cool. First time experience for me.
0: I would imagine that there was wind blowing the smoke away from your flight. You're not supposed to fly into the ash of those volcanoes.
1: So um, it was just lava. There's no ash. I understand. Um, the airport is conveniently placed on the westernmost corner of the island, and I think that the U.S. military had a lot to do with that when that, when that airport was built. Um, The volcano is actually only about five kilometers to the east of the airport. So when you're flying in, it's hard not to fly and and see it. And in fact, when you land at the airport, uh, we landed at 2.30 in the morning there, um, from the windows of the airport, standing in the airport, you can see the lava on the horizon (laughs) coming out and the orange glow of it. Um, In the summertime, it doesn't get really dark there at night either. It's only dark for a couple hours in the middle of the night, and it's, it's not fully dark. It's like dusky. Um, but it was 45 degrees and windy and a little bit of rain mixed in for weather there while we were there. So we were dressed in 108 degree, you know, clothing. (laughs) So we're in t-shirts and shorts. So it was, it was quick outdoor adventures.
0: And you put on Facebook, Iceland air worst customer service. All right. Why'd you need customer service? And what did they not do?
1: Well, it was a moment of frustration with the way they booked our flight back. So it didn't allow us to leave the airport to go experience Iceland. Um, they had us take our bags off and then we were stuck with all of our luggage in the airport for 11 hours where we couldn't leave it because there's no place for us to to leave the luggage we couldn't check it in for our next flight because they have this policy of you can't check your luggage in until two hours before the the next flight instead of just doing what we wanted them to do which was to ship our luggage all the way through to Boston from the first flight but um, they were they were they were polite and they were nice and um, it was probably an overreaction on my part about Iceland Air.
0: No, I see the I see the issue because you said they make it user friendly to be able to stop and get off and enjoy Iceland. Yeah. and they should have some way to deal with the luggage I, as well.
1: Iceland's spectacular, and uh, we want to go back and just do a trip to Iceland. It is unbelievable. Um, it's green and. There's geological features. There's glaciers. There's mountains. There's hiking. There's camp. There's all kinds of stuff to do there. So we definitely want to go back.
0: And Dad said it was 45 degrees in Iceland. And so, what kind of culture shock is
2: that when you've come from 108 degrees in our chin of Spain? Yeah, uh, it was pretty extreme difference. Um, all I had was a sweatshirt for that uh, layover there, and even that didn't help much with the 45 especially since i had been used to the over 100-degree weather in Spain.
0: Going back to Spain, you've talked about how the town of Archena is similar in size to Willimantic. I'm assuming, Matt, they don't have a boombox parade, but what do they do in that town? Do they have any things that that town is known for, like the boombox parade that's known here?
1: They've, they've got some festivals um, in that area. We went to a, a, a festival in one of the villages called the Gachas Migas Festival. Um, where it's groups of families, um, there was 26 family groups, 30, thir- 30 cr- family groups, each having about 50 people. It looks a lot like a third Thursday. There was drummers, and there was people making food, and everyone brought dishes. Um, and that w- we left there at 2 o'clock in the morning, and it was still growing, going strong. Um, so they do have these other festivals. There's also a lot of religious festivals um, in the spring. Um, there's there's a couple of them, and um, they don't run the bulls there, but they do in a couple of the neighboring towns. That's um, so not just in Pamplona; um, they do it actually in other you know towns um, as part of tradition.
0: And I guess one way to beat the Spanish heat, and so, is rafting. Tell yes. me about that
2: experience. Uh, one day we did go out on rafting on the river next to Arjona. We went up. Uh All the way to Blanca, another city, and from there we went down the river with all of our spanish friends on as well as our parents and
1: I, I thought it was interesting as we were going down about five kilometers down the river, one of the guides said, "Okay we 're coming to our first waterfall." I kind of thought it was a joke at first, <laughs> but it, it wasn't a joke; it was a waterfall, and we went over it. Um,
0: oh, how high? Let's get the visual image uh, here.
1: It was about uh, 15 feet high, 18 feet high. It was a pretty good size. But it was a concrete you know, made waterfall, so it was smooth. It wasn't you know, ridiculous or anything like that. And the water was actually refreshingly cool. Um, so we, we got to swim in the river and have a lot of fun. But we actually had to cut the, sh- the trip short because a giant tree had fallen across the river just below that waterfall. Um, so we, we only got about two-thirds of the trip in and then had to be ship down the river within a bus.
0: Matt Verdefe is the Director of Development. Oh, I remember back in the old days, he was Code Enforcement Director. And his son Enzo is here, part of a a group that went over to Spain, also visited Iceland on the way back. Archena, Spain, a town about the same size as Romantic Willimantic, part of what is developing into be an exchange program. And he's been talking about the trip and some of the things they did and ate and so forth, but Talk about this long-term thing. Is this going to be an annual, or maybe every couple of years, event where there are people come here again? Are people go there again?
1: Well, we want to, we want to develop a program that um, encourages people on both sides of the Atlantic to, to visit each other's city. Um, people from Spain are very interested in American culture, as I said, and they want to come here, and the two things they want to do is go see Boston, and they want to go see New York. Uh, and, and several of them want to go see Salem, Massachusetts. Because of the, the witches. Because of the Halloween yeah. stuff. Um, so we're perfectly located in between it and being a similar town. And being a town where half the people here speak Spanish is really convenient for them. Um, so we started talking to um, their city government. And um, I met with uh, the mayor's office there and some of the department heads and the head of economic development. And we got a tour of their town hall just like they did here. And um, Does their clockwork? clockwork? No, they don't have a clock, <laughs> but it, but their <laughs> town hall is a lot older than ours, I'll tell you that. Um, the, uh, the conversation is that um, we're going to develop um, some sort of a travel agreement, which helps them on their side with their visas if there's an agreement in place between the two towns. Um, so we're going to start developing that over the next few weeks and then figure out when the next trip is going to be and open it up not just to students but to – to families who want to travel there or people who want to travel there there's a lot of people over here have come forward and said god we would host people in our house um so you know th- this thing could turn into something great um and and i love the mix of the cultures you know and um you know bringing people here is great economic development
0: good stuff yeah enzo sports is such a predominant thing here whether it's the nfl or whether it's major league baseball whether it's college things like yukon and eastern whether it's the world cup even but what types of things if any
2: do they follow sports wise in spain is it all about soccer um yeah well, soccer is a big important thing for them uh and everybody's either following uh, real madrid or barcelona um which are two very big teams, and they also have other sports, obviously. Um, basketball is a pretty big thing, but from what I know of, not everybody follows it. They It's more of a thing they play.
1: Yeah, a lot of the younger kids play basketball or are interested in it.
2: When it's 108 degrees?
1: still play. Indoors,
0: air-conditioned, I hope.
1: Outdoors on an asphalt court at their school.
2: They do also have access to an indoor court. And I heard that most of the athletes go and train or whatever, play during the mornings uh, when it's still cooler or late at night. You're a runner. We talked about the boombox mile back on the 4th of July.
0: How much of that could you do over there?
2: Um, I'm pretty sure only when I'm one or two runs. uh, I kept on waking up when it was already too hot to go on a run. So I didn't get that much chances to... Now, this is part, I assume, of the heat
0: dome that's also in Europe. We don't hear about that as much here, but it's going on in Europe as well. like It's going on down in Texas and out west and so forth. Did they say this is unusually hot for them, 108? This is unusually hot and early for them
1: um, is is what I was told. Um, But they said that this trend has been increasing over the last 10 or 15 years, just like it is here. It's been changing and getting worse and worse and worse. Um, and uh, no relief in sight. They, interestingly enough, they, they said that uh, their summers used to be six months long, and now they're eight months long. They've just It's gotten that much hotter, that much longer.
0: Did you discuss what winter is like there? Do they have a winter? There are hills. I saw pictures, your pictures, and I saw some others on, on the web, that there's a pretty good mountain there in Archenna.
1: Yeah, well. Um, Do they get snow? Down in Archenna, no. They really don't get much snow. Um, in the middle of winter, it can get down into the 40s there, um, and occasionally they'll have some snow up in the hills, um, but Spain, you know, goes from the Mediterranean all the way north up to, you know, towards England.
0: The Pyrenees. Yeah, and yeah. it gets cold up there,
1: and they have snow up there, um, but but down down in Archana not so much.
0: And because of that, how are their
1: roads, Matt? Oh, the roads are perfectly smooth. <laughs> Um, The only thing they have to worry about is an an occasional downpour of, you know, four inches of rain coming all at once. So there's a lot of work to make sure that, you know, water's channeled in the right ways. Interestingly enough, they have a lot of traffic circles there or rotaries or roundabouts. Um, They're everywhere. Um, They believe that intersections shouldn't have traffic lights or stop signs, so you just enter full speed into the traffic circle, and you either turn through it to the right or you go around it and make your turn, um, which traffic flowed really nicely, but there isn't a lot of traffic lights.
0: And do they have what we would call interstates? What's their yes. – When you're on a highway, how fast are people going?
1: So um, interstates are just like ours, you know, two or three lanes wide. Um, speed limits are, are similar to ours, um, but they vary Trucks are very different. Trucks are, are are limited, speed limited, so they can only go 60 miles an hour um, or whatever that conversion is in, in kilometers. In kilometers yeah. which, um, but, they're, but they're limited, so they can't go any faster than that. So they tend to stick to the right lane and traffic flows really nicely.
0: And so did it get to a point after you were there for a while that this Celsius temperature, you began to know what that was? In other yes. words, what's 108 Fahrenheit in Celsius?
2: Uh, I believe it's around 42 or 41. Sounds pretty hot to me.
0: Yeah. And, and Matt, you, of course, working for the town of Wyndham and the government, you already talked about how you, you talked about maybe getting the long-term exchange thing going on here, but what about just what you noticed about how the town of Archena, Spain, runs their government, compare and contrast to how we run our government here?
1: It was, it was rather interesting getting into the conversation there with the mayor's office about the similarities and... Um, It started out with me saying that uh, we have similar amount of vacancy rate in in our downtown. And um, I noticed that there was similarities in things like that were deferred maintenance items in town, like cleaning out storm drains or, you know, uh, a a building that was dilapidated, or there was a park that was under renovation in the middle of town. And having that conversation kind of opened their eyes, and they're like, it's interesting that you're noticing that stuff. And I'm like, well, this is what we do over there for work so you know I tend to notice that um, but their town budget is about the same as ours. they had about the same number of town employees. Um, although the structure is slightly different um, it, it, it's very interesting all the similarities they have this great river that runs through their town um, and then the town is surrounded by uh, several little villages which are also part of that district. Um,
0: kind of sounds like North Windham South Windham it, Windham Center. Exactly
1: exactly. Um, Some of those towns are up in the mountains, which we we got to go to this one little town um, named Rakote. And um, it's a little mountain town. About 1,200 people live in this village. And um, every town has a little church with a church bell that that rings nonstop and little narrow cobblestone streets. And um, absolutely charming. Absolutely charming. The people are just great there, too.
0: Do they have budget referendums? I didn't ask about the voting
1: and the budget. There is an election going on right now there um, while we we're there, so there's political signs everywhere. And um, they're very concerned about the hardline uh, right that is trying to push into the government um, right now, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens.
0: An interesting history of that town, which includes Christopher Columbus?
1: So we went down to Alhambra, which is in the town of Granada, Spain, a little further set, a little further south from there. And uh, Alhambra is uh, one of the oldest castles. Uh, it's the oldest castle in England, and it was the, the castle of the first king of Spain. And before that, it was actually the castle of the uh, Muslim king of, of, of that area. And... Um, this, we, we went on a tour of it, and during the tour we were in one room, and our tour guide actually said to us, so when Columbus came to the Muslim king and asked him for the money to fund the trip to uh, find America, which was equal to about the funding of uh, the moonshot, if you put it in dollars and cents, um, this is where he, a- he asked for the money, and we were literally standing in that room where he asked that. Um, we, when we were in Mercia, we were one night walking through Mercia, and there's some phenomenal architecture, and there was sculptures that were um, sculptures of people that was the interpretation of what Columbus found when what, what Americans looked like. And these uh, people, these figures, looked like bigfoots, hairy, <laughs> angry, big <laughs> eyes and big teeth and long fingernails. and that was the sculpture of what they thought Americans looked like at the time, because it was those sculptures were made in 1540, you know. Um, so a lot of that history was just absolutely phenomenal to see.
0: Now, all of your time was not spent in the town of 19,000, Archena, Spain, where you do have the exchange relationship with people there that came here. You also went to Madrid. Ah, yes. But Enzo, I want to hear how you got to Madrid. The bullet train? So Enzo didn't get to go to Madrid. Oh, he's the wrong guy to ask. <laughs> well, Matt, what was the bullet train like? They, Enzo enjoyed <laughs> Enzo Enzo a day at the pool that day.
1: With his friends, yeah. um, I'm, the,
0: guess, I'm guessing that pool water might have been about 95 degrees too. It was like a spa, wasn't it?
2: Uh, it was pretty warm. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. so was the Mediterranean. By the way, it was remarkably warm. Um, but the bullet train was a lot of fun. Um, you know, a trip that would take uh, from Archana going to Madrid North would take about four and a half hours in a car was knocked down to two hours going 200 miles an hour in a bullet train. Um, the train is clean and quiet and you don't hear the clickety-clack of the wheels because they are all welded rails and um, there was Wi-Fi and place to charge your phone and you could walk around the train. There's a food car, um, but incredibly smooth. But Madrid itself, you come into their Grand Central Station using air quotes around that and it was clean and organized and easy to, 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 to get around and understand even if you don't speak Spanish. Um Madrid is just this ancient historical city, and very, you know, well traveled by visitors. So there's a lot of people there doing tourism type stuff, um, but places to shop and see. and the royal castles there and the cathedral, which we went on those, and you know I posted pictures of that. Um, it absolutely fascinating to see.
0: Did you get it up close and personal to Picasso?
1: No, I didn't. He's dead,
0: obviously. <laughs> but no, we but we saw his works, though.
1: We wanted to go to a. There's a bigger museum there, an art museum. We wanted to go to that, and we didn't get a, uh, have enough time. So we found this other smaller museum that had a Picasso um, exhibit going on, and we got to see some of his stuff there. Um, it was and it was a, a display of all of his stuff uh, etchings that he had done around bullfighting, um, which was appropriate at the time because it was the week while. They were running the bulls in Pamplona.
0: And your your last night there, they put on a water
2: party for the kids on the other side of town. Enzo, tell me about the water party. Oh, that was probably one of my favorite um, events that happened in my, in my experience there. Uh, first thing that happened when the sun was still going down, but it was still light out, we had a water balloon fight in the streets. With like 10,000 water balloons. And... <laughs> There is little kids running everywhere from all the houses nearby. And that was very fun. And then after that, we hanged out for a little bit. And then around 10, 30, 11, started the party where we went to this um, this th- different place nearby where there was a bubble machine. And, uh, and, and a DJ and a light show and... There was bubbles everywhere uh, flying on the ground, on the air, and uh, all over the ground, and that was very fun to to be at. We were there till about 1.30, I believe, 2 o'clock. What's on TV there? Because most foreign countries I go to,
0: they do show some American TV, which is one reason why people in other countries speak English pretty well. Was there anything of that nature in Spain?
2: Well, I didn't get to watch a lot of TV, but... I did watch um some sports uh a lot of them watched tennis, and
0: Wimbledon was going on at the time
2: um they was
0: yeah, it wasn't the winner from Spain, yeah it was al yeah yeah.
2: That, they all loved that that one tennis player that's from their town or from their area at least, and so they would all watch it, and they was um for most of it, not all but most of it was there's English so that everybody could understand. And that was, that was nice. So I could see how they learn English and they incorporate it. But Matt, aside from you posting pictures
0: on Facebook that we could see over here, that's kind of the genesis of this particular program today. They don't do much on social media there. I, I, while I was there, I didn't
1: see any of the locals on their phones on social media. You know, I, I talked to a couple of the parents and, um, they're like, no, we're not on social media. Um, it, it was it was rather interesting. They value their time face to face with their friends and with their family, um, and and that's what they center their life around. They don't talk about what they do for work. They don't. It's it's not a thing. Um, an interesting takeaway for this whole thing was, it was we were sitting at a dinner um, one of the last nights, and it was two o'clock in the morning, and it was all of us having a great time. And I leaned over to. Um, one of the parents. And I said, um, are you concerned our kids right now are in the village somewhere hanging out, you know, with this group of kids and they're wandering around at two o'clock in the morning. I said, are you concerned about their safety? He said, excuse me? And I said, uh, you know, their safety, like the kid's safety, because it's you know, two o'clock in the morning. And he couldn't grasp the concept. And he looked at me and he said, why on earth would anyone ever harm a child? And it was shocking that it's not even in their vocabulary to understand that someone would hurt a child. And he said, no, the whole village will look out for your kids. And, you know, they're safe here.
0: What a great way to finish our program today. Matt Verdefe, his son Enzo, group went over to Archena Spain. Got a chance to see other parts of Spain, including Madrid as well, and a stop of Iceland on the way back. Love the travelogue. Guys, thank you for coming in this morning.
1: Fabulous, fabulous. That was great. Thank you for doing that with us.